Eagles Entertainment. Hi, this is Doug Peterson, and you're listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast with Dave Spadaro. Hello, Eagles everywhere, and welcome to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group, a special edition of our podcast, our kickoff edition, if you will, as the Eagles get ready for the Seattle Seahawks and the wild card weekend game, 4.40 p.m. kickoff at Lincoln Financial Field. Eagles insider Dave Spadaro joined once again by the great Sal Palantonio ESPN, who brings us good luck here in Philadelphia, (laughs) who is also bringing us great pearls of wisdom, dropping us right here in this podcast. You you called it, Sal, from from way back when. Eagles are going to the playoffs. Yes. Eagles are going to dominate the New York Giants. Yes, I said. And you said, blowing my mind last week, if the Eagles don't turn the football over in the course of these these postseason games, they could go to the Super Bowl. I think they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl if Carson Wentz doesn't turn the ball over because the numbers are the numbers. They're 18-3 and now when Carson Wentz doesn't turn the ball over. And all you got to do is go back to the Week 12 matchup against the Seahawks. Eagles only lost that game 17-9, correct? By eight points. And yet they turned the ball over five times, four times by the quarterback. So if they even reduce it by half, they probably win that game. The defense played so well, squandered such an opportunity defensively against the Seahawks offense. And so I think in this game, it comes down to one thing, David. Protect the football because the offense is playing well enough to win. It's amazing. That is the mantra every week for every team. So, A, why have the Eagles not turned the football over? And then, B, how do they not turn the football over on Sunday? Okay, good questions. I think A is pretty easy to answer. Doug, has, Doug Peterson has changed the offense significantly. It's, uh, they use, sprinkle in a healthy amount of up-tempo, no huddle. I think that gives Carson Wentz some defined reads. Uh, I think the players like Greg Ward and Boston Scott, in and out of their breaks quickly, they're open much more quickly. Doug is using screen game because Boston Scott is very good at the screen game. And so is Dallas Goddard, by the way. Um, And so these are shorter passes, defined reads, ball out of his hands quickly, and Carson's getting out of the pocket to deliver the football. All of that contributes to the fact that he's not a statue in the pocket not a sitting duck, not a stationary target. And when that happens, they have success. So in this particular game, it's got to be more of the same. You know, but Seattle has dominated the Eagles defensively. That's why Russell Wilson's 4-0. That's why Carson Wentz is 0-3 against Seattle. You know, it's it's. I had Josh McCown on earlier this week, and he talked about the idea that the Eagles coming into the season, it was going to be, there was going to be an element of bombs away football, throw it over the top. Go watch Deshaun Jackson chase it down. And they've made this transition to what he called small ball football, which I like that. It's baseball. It's it's getting a guy on first base with a single, bunt him over to second base, matriculate him around the bases. In a sense, to me, that's what the Eagles have done. Ball control offense, short passing game, give Carson the responsibility of making the right reads, the right calls. Jason Kelsey, the all-pro up front, making the right calls in protection. And Sal, it's not a... a protectionist kind of offense. They're actually moving the ball and scoring. So Seattle has seen this. Do they not adjust their defense and try to stop it? Well, it sure. Punch-counterpunch kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, it's very reminiscent of the K-gun offense that Buffalo ran. If you look at it, there's a lot of similarities. A lot. Tight end-based, Thurman Thomas running the ball, screen game, ball out of the hands of Jim Kelly quickly, up-tempo, no huddle. A lot of it, the K-Gun offense. What's missing is Andre Reid. Well, yeah, 
But Andre Reid didn't have big plays in him all of the time, especially against that Giants defense in that Super Bowl, Super Bowl 25. Um, yeah, I see Seattle counterpunching. They've got good coaches. They've got good players on defense, and they're a good defense, especially against the Eagles. Uh, I think this is going to be a super close game, and it's going to come down to making a stop against Russell Wilson. I was astounded when I saw this, David, but I didn't, I didn't even know it until I saw it yesterday. And that was that since Doug Peterson hired Jim Schwartz, since that two guys, those two guys came to the Eagles four years ago, the Eagles are giving up 16 points a game at home. That's number one in the NFL in that time span. That's better than the Patriots. It's better than the Saints. It's better than the Seahawks. All those great defensive teams. The Eagles are number one in points allowed at home in the last four years. And they gave up 17 points to Seattle week 12, just around their average of 16 points a game. If the Eagles don't turn the ball over, they will win this football game. All right, let's talk about Seattle's defense. I, I remember uh, the way they played. They caved in the Eagles' right side of the offensive line, of course. A mismatch there with, with Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson out. And Eagles need to be better up front, Sal. And there have been questions all week about it. And, you know, look, the, the truth is we don't know for sure who's going to be starting at right tackle, whether it'll be Lane Johnson. Your thoughts on Seattle and how that defense will attack the Eagles? I, you know, I think they have the best linebacking core in the NFL. Kendricks, Wagner, Wright, and Griffin. And Kendricks is out, of course, with the injury. Yep. So they have a tremendous group. Uh, on their front seven. And, you know, all year long, they have just been very good at not letting uh, running backs get to the second level or the third level of defense. And to me, that's why the Eagles' offensive line can have some success because they are so athletic. And congratulations to Jason Kelsey, you know, best, First team. best center in the National Football League. There's a reason why he got that honor. You know, he's super smart and super athletic. And he makes everything go. Eagles in the backfield, I like it, Sal. Miles Sanders, good to go. Jordan Howard should be there if you need him. And then Boston Scott has emerged as a legitimate second coming of Darren Sproles. Sure. So how are you using these guys? Are you going to give the ball to Miles Sanders 25 times? Oh, absolutely not. I see Sanders as more of a contingency plan. I think, yeah. Really? I, yes. Interesting. I think this Who's taking the leading role? I think Boston Scott. Offensive Player of the Week in the NFC. Three touchdowns last week. I think Boston Scott takes the leading role. Uh, he's healthy. He breaks tackles. He catches the football well out of the backfield. He's in and out of his breaks quickly. I think Boston Scott will be the MVP of the game. Hmm. This is this. I like your bold state. This is why we like having you here, Sal. Sal, if there's one player on the Eagles offense currently that they're going to rely upon on Sunday who's come the farthest from nowhere. ha. <laughs> It's it got to be a Deontay Burnett. Deontay Burnett. Yes. I mean, just think about it, David. It's the last Sunday of the decade. The rain is coming down on the Meadowlands like it's Bora Bora. <laughs> the game is tied. The division is on the line. Carson Wentz has the ball in his hands. They run a play that they only ran once in practice the week before, an angle route by a guy who was a walk-on at USC. A guy who was on the practice squad on Christmas Eve, and he catches the longest pass play since week two that the Eagles— 41 yards. From Carson Wentz. Yeah. Sliding catch. Great catch. 
Ray Catch, did I paint the picture there for you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Look, there's uh, now uh, of desperation. Deontay Burnett was a highly touted player coming into the college game. He had a commitment, I believe, to Washington State. Bailed he was on still that a walk-on at USC. Understood. I get it. He was and undrafted. The, the most remarkable part is that he was on the practice squad on Christmas Eve and <laughs> makes a big play a few days later. Merry Christmas. I actually called that. I knew that he was going to play 20 to 25 snaps. They just – if you can if, – well, it's so, I would so hope so. You're the Eagles insider. <laughs> what is it about this, Sal? In the big picture here, before we get to the way the Eagles' defense matches up, what does it say that the Eagles have infused this offense with young players, hungry players, and they've you know not had the services of All Alshon right, I'm Jeffrey be, I'm be honest with and you. Nelson Aguilar? I'm going to be honest say? with you because I confronted Doug about this after the game at FedEx Field. I said, what took you so long to put Greg Ward on the field? Do you regret not putting him on earlier? And he said, no, you know, it took time, blah, blah, blah. Other guys had to have their opportunities. And, you know, I was somewhat critical of the fact that it just took so long for them to incorporate some of these guys. But, you know, they've done it rather quickly during this four-game winning streak. And I think the credit's got to go to the coaching staff. It really does. It's about time that we started, you know, and I hate – for this to sound like some kind of commercial for the Eagles because I'm here at NovaCare and I'm always here and people automatically assume that I'm connected to the team. You're not. And that this is propaganda. Doug Peterson needs to be considered now one of the elite coaches in the NFL. The Eagles are one of four teams that have made the playoffs three straight years. They are the Patriots, the Chiefs, the Saints, and the Eagles. Okay. The Patriots have Tom Brady. Bill Belichick has Tom Brady. The Chiefs have the reigning MVP at quarterback, Patrick Mahomes II. And I call him Patrick Mahomes II because that's actually his name, but I use it all the time because he's twice as much, twice as good as everybody else on the field. Sean Payton has Drew Brees. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Doug Peterson has the toggle back and forth between Carson Wentz and Nick Foles and practice squad players, and he's done it. It's about time we call Doug Peterson one of the elite coaches in the NFL. Agreed. I, I will dis- let's discuss and I, the notion that it. why did it take so long. Who were you going to get rid of? Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, uh, Mac Hollins, who, whether you like it or not, helped as a rookie in 2017, good special teams player. There was no room for Greg Ward. There was no room for Deontay Burnett. There was no room for Joshua Perkins. Boston Scott is t- kicking uh, uh, Darren Sproles off the roster, Corey Clement off the roster. The question is, what does it say when you replace major talent, high draft picks, with players who are practice squad undrafted players? Does culture trump talent? Does energy and youth put the hammer down on age? And what does it mean? I think these are hungry players. Is this all going to catch up to the Eagles? No. I think these players are hungry. They want to tell their own story. And I think Carson Wentz is a very good example of that, David. Carson Wentz is now on his own journey for the first time. Yeah. And anybody who ever – Nick Foles will never be forgotten here. But Carson Wentz is – has been, was, is, always will be the franchise quarterback here. His level of talent is among the very best in the league. Yeah. No question, but you know, and now he's on his own journey. He's the he's the the, this poor guy, this poor young man. Drafted where he was, gets hurt. The Super Bowl was supposed to be his. Then he gets hurt again. He's had so many peaks and valleys emotionally. Now he's on his own journey. When I interviewed him at MetLife Stadium after the game, he's wearing this nice gray suit. 
and we're on Sports Center. We're live. I gave him his own mic. You know, it was kind of a cool experience for both of us. Mm -hmm. He had just won his first division title, going playoffs for the first time in his career as a starting quarterback. And I saw he had the shirt T-shirt under it. I said, "Do me a favor, Carson. Open up that jacket and show America what that T-shirt says." And the T-shirt said, "The East is not enough." And that, to me, see, Carson doesn't do that kind of thing. But the fact that he was wearing that T-shirt says to me that this is his journey, and he's sharing it with a bunch of young players who are hungry like him, because they were all wearing it. And he feels a part of it, literally, for the first time because he did what he said he was going to do. Love it. Let's talk Seattle offense, Eagles defense. That's a pretty good exclamation. Great, Sal. Love it. (laughs) No, you're the best. (laughs) Russell Wilson, Eagles sack him six times, 200 yards passing, three rushes, 15 yards in the November 24th game. A flea flicker and a 58-yard touchdown run, and otherwise the Eagles unblemished defensively. How do they top that? How do they match that? Well, it's going to be tough. Russell Wilson is a tough out. You know, he's a former baseball player. I tell, I tell people he's like Ricky Henderson. When he gets in that batter's box, he's always got some last trick up his sleeve. He's hard to strike out. And that's Russell Wilson. Uh, even against San Francisco last week, Russell Wilson finds a way to get him down there. And for, you know, the lack of foresight by his coaches, he'd have another Super Bowl, A, and he would have probably won that game. And the Eagles will be playing the 49ers on Sunday. So Russell Wilson is the toughest out, in my view, at the quarterback position. Always has, always will be, other than the guy named Tom Brady, who came back from 28-3 to in the Super Bowl. So what do they have to do? One, they've got to plaster Tyler Lockett. When they get to the fire drill of Russell Wilson getting out of the pocket, you've got to plaster Kyle, Tyler Lockett. I don't know who's going to have that role in this game, but whoever has it, Better get the job done because Lockett is the chain mover. He's the one that keeps him on the field. He's the one who's open in the red zone. That's why Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the red zone, not in the last four games. That would be Carson Wentz, of course, but all season long. So that's one. Two, beast mode, find a way, gang tackle him. And then Travis Homer, the rookie out of the University of Miami, 10 carries, 62 yards, 30 yards in the passing game last year, neither almost 100 last week, week. almost 100 yards of total offense. Travis Homer got a little bit of giddy up. Physical downhill runner. Got a little and got power and a little bit of speed. Yeah. Yes. Sixth, I believe, sixth or seventh round pick. And we've seen sixth or seventh round picks in the past at the running back position do damage late in the year. Their, Their legs are fresh. Oh, wanna, he's, a, he's a player. Yeah. They, want, they want to make some money, right? They want to make a name. For, he's a hungry, speaking of the hungry young players. Watch number 25 for Great Seattle. Matchup. How's this game going to play out, so? I'm, coming, I'm just going down to the fourth quarter. Eagles make a stop and win the game. Eagles are going to win the game 24-20. And South Philadelphia will be in spasms of joy. <laughs> and you'll get a post-game interview on ESPN, and somebody will wear probably a dog mask. Push for the dog mask, <laughs> Right? Eagles then go to Green Bay or San Fran, and away we go. Sal Palantonio, ESPN, thank you so much once again. Hey, David. You're the best. Lo- love it. You, you do a great job. And, you know, this is, a, this is a team that I really have enjoyed covering. This is a, it's a different group of guys. And personally, for me, 
who interviewed Carson Wentz the day he came into this building when he was drafted and the, seen the ups and downs, I'm happy for that young man. I really am. We are all happy for him. We are all hoping for the best on Sunday, 4.40 p.m. kickoff. Make sure you're with us for our kickoff show presented by Exalta on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, our app and our social channels, and, of course, the postgame show presented by Rico, and then our Eagles Insider podcast coming your way with our instant reaction shortly thereafter. From the locker room, Sal, you're busy doing your thing. I got to do my thing postgame, okay? <laughs> okay, gotcha. Thanks to Trevor Hayes for putting it all together. Thanks to all of you for joining us each and every week and each and every episode here on the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Insider Dave Spadaro saying thanks, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day and fly, Eagles, fly. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!